Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Talk Acapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music, along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Alexander, and joining me, as always, Alicia Edwards. Alicia, so good to speak to you today. How are you doing? I feel like it's been a while. It has been. You know, I was just saying, you know, we take, you know, a week off or whatever, and it feels like we're going on like Christmas break or something for like a month. And the show is just... That sounds like... Christmas break sounds like a school thing. Some of us haven't been in school for a long time, Brian. You know what? No matter how old I get, I always just... It always feels like Christmas break. Once it comes around, I'm not taking any time off, but... I don't think I call it that anymore. What what are you supposed to call it as an adult then? I just call it Christmas. Okay. I guess I can be like mature and call it Christmas. I'm gonna go. I'm going on vacation. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess that's the easiest way to go about it. You know, I can't help I it. I'm a kid like, at heart, Alicia. I feel like one day when I have children, mm-hmm. I will call it Christmas break again. You know. Well, why don't you just cut out the middleman and just keep calling it? I don't know that I would call that a middleman. What would you call it? I don't. I feel like middleman's not the correct term there. I don't think. I feel like middleman is like a person or like a company. <laughs> or, yeah, but you can use middleman like, but, for a lot of different references. It doesn't have to be like literally people. I know, I said, or companies. Oh my goodness, we're getting so technical with this and it's not supposed to be. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm picking up on that. I'm a nerd. I was in a training and there we were talking about a deck of cards and this guy messaged the entire group on Zoom and goes, how do I get a deck of card? And I messaged one of my coworkers and I was like, just one. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> Everyone knew what he meant. That I like to- But you had to be that take, person. I didn't actually say that in the Zoom call. I just messaged one of my coworkers on Teams. Oh, like, okay. Nice little insight. Yeah, I was- I'm not that much of a jerk. I, I, jerk I, I didn't, I didn't call anyone names here. I'm going along with what you're you're telling me. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Brian, I am nervous. Why are you nervous? Because I have no idea what's happening today. Oh, you know what? It's so great that you bring that up. So for our listeners today, occasionally, we like to switch gears a bit when we don't have a set guest. And we like to just kind of discuss some things that have been on our minds. So today's episode is going to be one of those days. And... Alicia is alluding to this nervousness because I haven't told it. Yeah, the, I have no idea. The, the things that we're discussing tonight, which is great for me. I, I love it. But well, I will get you back during rapid fire. What? No, you no, no, no. Wait. You just wait. Okay, now I'm nervous now for sure. Good, good. <laughs> but the topic and the, the discussion I wanted to have today, I think it's so critically important. And it's something that I think almost every person who has been in the acapella group at some point has had to deal with. You know, maybe not a hundred percent but i'm willing to bet somewhere between 95 to 97 percent of people involved in acapella have experienced the thing we're going to discuss tonight so alicia what comes to mind when i bring up the word relationship for you specifically as it relates to to music and art what what do you think of when you hear the word relationship well i think there's a couple ways you could define that the people that you've interacted with how you grow together when you're facing like difficulties in arrangements or scheduling or personalities, but you could also talk about like your relationship with the music. Okay. And like, yeah. like emotions that the music helps you elicit basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I didn't think about that. The second genius thing. Man, I, I love the inspiration you're giving me here, <laughs> but that's so great that you bring it up because you know, the first point that you brought up, you, you brought up about the relationships with people in your group, you know, the connections that you have. And that's so great that you brought that up because 
because that is one of the things I definitely want to discuss tonight. We are a show not only about the technical side of music and about interviewing great guests and wonderful people who are doing amazing things in acapella, but we also, I think it's important to discuss the culture of acapella and sometimes that deals with the things that take place within groups. So one of the things we're going to discuss tonight is definitely the relationships that we have with people that we sing with. But on the other side of that, I also want to discuss actual romantic relationships in acapella music. And Alicia just gave me the weirdest looking face and I knew that was going to happen. But you know why I want to bring this up? Relationships can often be the source of drama in acapella music. And I'm speaking- Oh, 100%. I'm speaking, not me personally, but firsthand, but I have been in groups with people that have tried to establish relationships in acapella music. And you know what? Some have succeeded, but even more have failed. And I think it's important for us to, you know what? Hey, let's change things up tonight. I want to discuss relationships in acapella because we need to figure out what is going on with these crazy things that happen between people as they're creating music together. One of the things I want to bring up, and I would definitely want to get your opinion, Alicia. Back in my college group, no names will be named. There was a particular individual and he developed this kind of, I wouldn't call it identity. What's the word I'm looking for? He developed this kind of status, I guess, as the guy who dated almost half the girls oh and it was like between me and you know Trent he's a former guest of Acapella he also was the guy that helped me co-founded my college group oh yeah this. Trent okay yeah. and so I we, thought you were saying that the a former guest was this guy <laughs> no 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 Trent wasn't the guy that I'm, I'm alluding to but Trent and I always kind of laughed about it and had fun with man why is this guy like dating like every girl in the group and you know sometimes it can't be helped but then other times we were, he's the reason that I often thought about is it you know a great idea to actually have romantic relationships and acapella music i get that sometimes it happens and you know we're all adults and you hope that everything will be handled appropriately but sometimes in a lot of cases they don't work out and the last thing you want to happen is two people to be in a group and they have some kind of breakup and there is no longer that harmonious vibe going on so i'm I'm curious alicia what are your opinions and we're going to start here with romantic relationships and acapella music I think it's a horrible idea. <laughs> really? But I also understand mm-hmm. that it's kind of inevitable. Really? Um, you're inevitable. spending so much time. Okay. Well, and I don't even think it's it's unique to just acapella. So I don't know how many people know this, but I was a really big like marching band kid. Okay. When I was in high school, I was actually the color guard captain of my marching band for... I was the captain or one of the captains sophomore through senior year of high school. And I, I grew up in Texas. Marching band is huge in Texas. And then I went on in college. I did three years of marching band at my university. Mm-hmm. And I did another thing called drum corps, which is really, really time intensive. You have 12 hour rehearsal days. You're spending all of your time with these people. You live in a gym, sleeping on an air mattress Ooh. and you move to different places throughout the summer. Oh my but gosh. like you are entrenched in you are with it's like you live eat breathe the same things and Mm -hmm. you are together all the time relationships are bound to develop that's i feel like further beyond what you might experience in acapella i mean depending on how many days you rehearse each week like i would say in acapella you're you're with each other like i would say nine to twelve hours a week that's a pretty extensive amount of time to be with someone who like in anything and i mean you have this music that you're rehearsing, choreography, all of this stuff that you can bond over. So there's a lot of connection that I feel like acapella creates. I don't really have experience 
I definitely don't have experience personally as far as romantic relationships in acapella goes because mm-hmm. I was in an all female group and I am heterosexual. Okay. So that was never something that was a big deal to me. But outside of romantic relationships, you develop these friendships. And I mean, I was in a group with all girls. You put nine girls together. There's going to be some drama, like even if, and I, I mean, I went to BYU where the majority of students who are there are heterosexual. I mean, all of the girls in the group when I was in it identify as that as far as I know. So there was no like romantic relationships between any of the members when I was in the group, but there were some catty comments that were said on occasion. Like it, it obviously wasn't the norm, but we, I mean, we were kids. I, I feel like depending on the maturity level of your acapella group and the individuals, a romantic relationship could potentially work. Like the group I'm in now, I wouldn't say we had significant others like that were dating, but we, we've had married couples in the group before. So like when you and I founded the group, we had a married couple and I'm still in the group now and we have a different married couple in the group. And I think that has the potential to cause some serious issues. I feel like we have been fortunate enough to not have experienced those. So like the group that I'm in that, that you you founded, we when we do a solo audition, anyone who didn't audition on the solo, they vote for whoever the soloist is. Mm-hmm. So whoever auditioned, we kind of send them to a different room wherever we're rehearsing. The rest of us discuss like what we liked, what we didn't like, and we pick a soloist. Then we have them come back in and we announce who the soloist is. I, I don't really remember so much how it went way back in the early days, but I don't ever recall any problems. Yeah, like um, there wasn't any bias, right? Is that what you're trying right, to say? Right, okay. right, exactly. And and I mean, I know like right now with the husband and wife that we have in the group, there is potential for bias. I mean, I don't think we've had the husband audition on any solos, at least not recently, but we've had the wife audition on solos and like, and it could be a huge concern like, oh, well, so-and-so is just going to vote for his wife. She's his wife. Right. I have very much appreciated that he has taken any bias out of his decision. Mm-hmm. And like, there have been occasions where he's voted for his wife. Yeah. And and he, he has, he's even said like sometimes, and, and I mean, I think it's impossible to totally take out the bias when you have those relationships. Like he, he's made comments before like, oh, I know she worked really hard on this. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, but that that's your bias creeping in. But he, there have also been moments where he's like, I just think so-and-so sounded better even when his wife was auditioning. Or he might have said, something like, well, my wife was a little pitchy mm-hmm. and this other person wasn't. So I think we should give it to them. And I think that if you do find yourself in that situation and you're in a romantic relationship and you're both in the same acapella group, I think it's crucial that when you're at rehearsal, when you're at performances, you take the person out of the equation and you mm-hmm. only look at like the things that are happening. Like if you, if there's a solo audition and your significant other's auditioning on the solo, I think you need to forget for whatever amount of time that that is someone that you have something going on with. That's someone you love. That's someone you really care about. I think you need to remove that from the equation and ask yourself some questions like, okay, well, how did this audition sound? Or which audition, which which style is going to be, is going to make the group stronger? What's going to enhance our sound the most? I think that that's something that, It's hard to do, but I think when you're being intentional with it and the more intentional you you are and the more times it happens, the easier it's going to be to be objective and to not let that relationship affect your group as much. Yeah, and that's extremely important. And you know what, for the most part, I agree with all of that. I think that when you're a part of a performance group, when you're part of a band, anything to that effect, the art really should come first as much as it possibly can. But 
I think, you know, at the end of the day, we have to remember that there's a human element in it. And like we're we're talking about the bias. I don't think it's it's somebody that you're connected to, you know, emotionally, romantically, whatever. It's absolutely going to be challenging to like completely turn that switch off at times. But I agree that you should strive to do it as much as you possibly can when it matters in the case of, you know, solo auditions being one example. Right. Uh, Well, and I mean, and I'm fortunate. Or if you have a husband and wife who audition for a group together and you like one but not the other that's something you got to consider you're right and i I think something that you've been bringing up is this whole idea of maturity at the end of the day and i think that that plays a crucial factor when we're talking about relationships in acapella because something that came to mind as you're talking is man it's probably a lot more acceptable to be kind of in a committed relationship with somebody in a group if you're a lot older you know if you're like a semi-pro group somebody that's not tied to a scholastic group or at least it's going to be less challenging possibly Right. Well, and here's the thing, though. For me, and, and and I think for a lot of people, age does not equal maturity. No, of course not. I know we have, I'm sure we have young listeners. Just because you're young doesn't mean that that's something that's off the table for you. It doesn't mean that's something you can't accomplish successfully. Yeah, I've seen a lot of, uh, at least virtually, I've seen, because uh, I follow so many acapella groups, I've seen so many mm-hmm. posts of groups that, you know, they celebrate those members that, you know, they got married or, hey, this is right. the first. In our case, I, I've been a part of a group, my scholastic group, where there was two people that met while they were in the group. They dated oh, wow. and they got married and they, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, they might be the first or second, but they had like the first, the group's first acapella baby, you know, out of it Aww, kind of thing. That's the best. I know. And it's awesome. And there are groups that that celebrate those occasions and those moments and things like that. And I agree completely that, hey, you know, they were mature enough to where, you know, they dated while they were in the group. They never allowed the relationship to affect the music or the success of the group. And look at them today. They're still together. They obviously things worked out. So I think that a lot can be said about being a young person, acapella group and finding success romantically. I kind of want to talk about the flip side of that, too. I think that in general, we tend to be our own worst critics. Oh, of course. I think that sometimes, at least, well, and I don't know firsthand, but I assume that maybe if you are in a relationship with someone in an acapella group, that maybe you feel like you need to be more critical of them. And that's not the case. I feel strongly the same way about that as I do about basically doing favors for them or giving, like basically putting them on a pedestal because of your relationship. I don't think that it is fair for you to have to treat them more harshly or be Mm -hmm. more critical of them. I think that I would say the same thing as I would say about if they were like, say, auditioning on a solo and you think they're great because they're your significant other. I would say the same thing. Take that. I would say take the relationship out of the equation as much as you can or try to and ask yourself, are you being harder on them because you're in that relationship or are you being harder on them? Maybe they they need to rehearse more. Maybe they're not up to snuff on their parts or their tone is off or you're just really giving them constructive feedback and that's absolutely okay. Yeah. And something to keep in mind, I think when we look at acapella groups, I would say around 90% of groups kind of fall into the category of their acapella group is a business at the end of the day. And maybe that other percent, they're just like a hobby group. They just kind of occasionally get together and just sing some fun stuff. And, you know, they might still have gigs or whatever but i i would say the majority of acapella groups they treat their group as a business they do all of the things a normal business would do and what's something when you're looking at business you know you have to act and hold yourself in a professional manner and i think that the same thing applies to relationships as you're saying you know sometimes you're going to need to be critical of someone else's work but at the same time with all of that being said i think we also have to remember for the majority of us this is not 
our full-time gig and we do have oh, lives right we do have a life right. outside of it and even the people that it is their full-time gig we have lives and we have to continue working on those lives and part of that is having those relationships with people something else that kind of came to mind as i'm saying all of this is it's funny because i look at acapella people as kind of like this at times a rare breed because a lot of times when you're no, in, acapella <laughs> people you mean aca people oh, oh excuse me aca people aca people <laughs> the aca peeps out there you you know, it's funny because I think some people, and I've encountered, I have conversations with people when they look at, I guess, relationships they want to be involved in and stuff. And I apologize to our listeners. This is not some kind of relationship advice show or anything like that. It's just something I feel that <laughs> we need to discuss. You know, and it's something that it, it happens. And I think a lot of acapella people out there, you know, they want to find somebody who's into the same interests as them. And right. when we talk about aca people, there's no one else like us out there. <laughs> and oh, so totally it's not. so. Well, and, and, go ahead. and I was to say it's so natural to be drawn to another acapella person because you know it's such a rare breed at the end of the day right well and i think sometimes there's pressure to or an expectation to do that i just remember back when i was on noteworthy i remember there was a guy in a mixed group well and 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 even not even not necessarily acapella but like all the girls in the group were like, oh, I'm going to marry somebody who sings. Like, they have <laughs> like to Like every musical. singer's dream right there. <laughs> right? Right. Well, and I know there, there was a guy who was on a mixed acapella group, and the girls were all like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. Oh, his voice is like butter, and his voice is amazing. Yeah. Amazing voice. But I wasn't personally attracted to him, which was fine. There were just other things that I looked for in, I was going to say a mate. That sounds awful. <laughs> and- <laughs> okay. Man, welcome to the and, 1920s. And is here okay okay. yeah there were just in a partner there were other things that were important to me and Mm -hmm. i ultimately i married someone who can't sing at all (laughs) (laughs) and i remember we were really good friends Mm -hmm. and he started singing in his car one time and all i thought was oh no (laughs) because it was that bad oh boy it was it was like nails on a chalk. Are we talking about um, like can't carry like pitch at all or how, how bad? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Wow. My husband's tone deaf. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, and he recognizes when something is in tune and when it's not. Oh, okay. But yeah. making that sound come out of him. He yeah, replicating it is okay as a challenge. Right. It's it's a huge challenge for him. And, and there are, are certain songs where if he has listened to it enough, he can get it. Okay. But if it's not a song he is incredibly familiar with, he can't do it. Like this the one song that he can sing, and and it's not perfect, but it's <laughs> it's okay. It's it's getting there is lean on. Ooh, okay. He knows that song very well. Yeah, but his ear is very good. So like in my acapella group now, we might crash and burn through something and he's like, oh <laughs> no. Like he knows. Right. He can um, recognize it. Yeah. He recognizes it like super easily. And, and and so he's he's a great person for me to get feedback from as far as singing goes. And I mean, to his credit, he did not try to sing to me when he proposed. That would have been a train wreck. He actually got noteworthy to sing to me. And it was it was beautiful. Cute. It was so cute. So cute. If you follow me on social media, it will be posted sometime in December because that's the anniversary of the proposal. It's it was it was great. I, I will share it every year till the day I die. Oh man. And and I I love that, you know, because I think a lot of people, a lot of artists in general, you know what? They seek someone like that. They don't want to, a lot of people don't oh, want right. to bring work home or they don't want to bring their right. craft or hobbies home. And, right. and other times people do want somebody they can connect with. You know, it's a mixed bag well, at times. It's, it's nice to have those shared interests. Right. Like, but it doesn't have to be acapella. I mean, oftentimes it will be. I mean, we, there was a guest on the show, Scott and Ricey Joe. They're amazing. Oh. Amazing. Now, I don't think Ricey Joe 
did acapella. I mean, to my knowledge, she did not do acapella in college, but she and Scott are amazing. And I, I've known Scott since freshman year of college, not because of acapella. I just, we just happened to work at the same food establishment on campus. Yeah. So, and, and he's great and they're amazing. I would say they're like a powerhouse couple. Right. And I think we can find a ton of examples, whether it be Scott and Ricey Joe, Peter and mm-hmm. Evie Hollins, a oh, really famous absolutely. couple that met through acapella. Our wonderful producer, I know Amanda and her husband, Charlie Friday, we've had on the show. He's an audio technician and they also are in a group together. And so there's yeah. so many successes that can come out of being in a relationship and it just so happens that in that same vein you could probably pick out also a hundred failures that just didn't happen you know it just works out differently depending on who you are and where you're at emotionally and a mature maturity level and everything else that goes within your circumstances and so we're going to continue discussing this whole idea of relationships not only the romantic side i think that there a lot can be discussed in terms of just the relationships you build with the other singers in your group the people that you're spending time with in a non-romantic way and we're going to definitely discuss that in depth in our next segment but for now we are going to take our first commercial break listeners but don't go anywhere we're going to continue speaking with each other alicia and i with ourselves (laughs) with ourselves and we're going to continue that conversation right after this commercial break Justin Glodich has done a lot in music, directed a collegiate group, performed on a reality TV show, and now he's in the classroom as a music educator, and he's got a show all about it. Aka Education focuses on how to bring contemporary acapella into music classrooms, and you can hear it right here, Thursdays at 7 p.m. East, 4 p.m. West, and again on rebroadcast Sundays at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. East, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. West. It's also part of the Acaville Podcast Network at podcast.acaville.org. And welcome back to Tacapella, where Brian and I are discussing romance. Just kidding. I mean, not really, but sort of. But welcome back. <laughs> wow. That that was something right there to hear. <laughs> We're discussing romance in acapella. Yeah, occasionally we um, like to switch things up. And this time we went the emotional route. So <laughs> that was fun. Well, and, and I, was, I was just telling Brian during the break, never had the desire to date anyone in acapella. Man, and I am impressed with that because I feel like a good 70 to 80% of people cannot say the same. Right. But one thing you do need to take into account is when I started on Noteworthy, I was already dating somebody. Oh, well, that changes things. Yeah. Different. Not my husband. Not my husband. Oh. I was dating somebody long distance. It was very casual. So it wasn't like an official thing or anything. And my husband and I were very good friends. Very good friends. We had been friends for over a year before we started dating. I would say he was my best friend when I started date, like by the time we started dating or one one of my best friends, if not my best friend at that time. And I had been dating a guy and I just kind of, we both like mutually decided it wasn't going to work. And so we just called it. It I was actually very surprised. I was very surprised at how emotionally raw I was over it. And it was really, really great that my noteworthy gals were so supportive of me. Well, and it was very early on Mm. in that year. Like we had just been in the group for like a month. Fast forward to about a month later, I had started dating my now husband. So there was never really like, I don't want to say an opportunity for me to date anyone in acapella. I just didn't have an interest. And I mean, without going into too much detail, because it is fairly personal, I knew very early on when I was dating my husband that I was going to marry him. And so there was never even like a spark of an interest. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, for you to even begin to even think about that. And even even if it did make sense, it just wasn't something I was interested in. Right. 
And like I said earlier, and that is okay. I I don't think it's fair for any individual in your acapella group or not to place an expectation on you that you should or should not have any romantic relationship. Yeah. And for the activity. Right. And for us, back to my first full group, you know, my collegiate group, we didn't necessarily because we had a constitution, we had rules and uh, bylaws and things like that. Yeah. Well, the school required that. Kids didn't mess around. (laughs) Well, the school required that we had had to have a constitution. So we had to actually draft something up. But while it wasn't ever written in the constitution, it was more like an unspoken kind of understanding that I think we brought up at least once or twice on, you know, guys, it probably doesn't make the most sense to date people within the group. At, the un- unwritten rules. Right. It was more of a, yeah, unwritten yeah. rule kind of thing. But unless, unless you were already dating before. Ex- exactly. And you know like, what? No one's going to be like, no, you got to break up. Right. Cut, cut that. <laughs> right. Nobody was like, that's not fair either. you know, the rules police or anything. Because like I, as I mentioned earlier, we had two people that I believe all the way through their whole tenure with the group and through their time at the school that they were involved with the group, they dated. And you know what? They're still together. And so obviously we didn't enforce it heavily, but I think most people just kind of, you know, did what was best for them and the group and they, and the few relationships that actually did outside of that one that took place in the group that didn't work out. It didn't like cause any like major harm to the group or to the vibe or things like that. Because like I said, there was some people that attempted dating in the group that didn't work out and oh thank goodness that that didn't end badly so yeah well and i think my time with the drum corps that i was on and ultimately ended up working with for a few years when the members dated and broke up or staff members dated and broke up it was bad it was rough and i can Mm -hmm. speak from personal experience on that Mm -hmm. it sucked and it makes everything insanely awkward and i feel like in an acapella group if that did happen that's all going to be translated into your performance it's Uh, going to bleed through to that yeah, I think a lot of people look to acapella groups and music groups as like kind of a safe harbor from like everything else going on in their lives. And I've had so many people that I've been in groups with that said that, hey, this is literally my outlet from everything else going on, whether it be school, work, family, life, everything else. This is the one thing that I just I can be myself. I have no worries. And this is what I want this space, this group to be for me. And I think that you have to strive, especially the leaders of a group to make sure that you're giving your members that space to just exist and just enjoy the art and enjoy what they're doing. And if you realize that, you know, there's something not working between a couple members, two members that that are involved with each other, you got to figure out how do you fix that? Maybe not just go in and try and fix their relationship, but how can you do what's best for the group? And with that, so we've been speaking a lot about the romantic side of relationships, but Alicia, you know, what, what are your thoughts about the other, you know, just natural relationships that you have with the other members in your group, you know, just forming those bonds? Okay. I will say this, just like when things get messy, when a relation, like a romantic relationship ends and can bleed through onto the stage or into a performance, it's going to be the same with friendships. Like if there's members in the group that don't get along, you're ultimately going to see it. There's no energy between them on the stage. Or if there is, it's very negative. I remember watching a video of a group that I happened to know was having some issues. And it was a music video. And it was so obvious. So obvious. And it was it was painful to watch. Yeah, those, those are hard to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, out of Out of respect towards this group and its members, I'm obviously not going to say which group it was, but it was really obvious, like immediately. 
and painful to watch in said video. Like you could um, tell from like all of their performances that something was just off? No, or? Uh-uh, not, not all of them. Not all of them. But you could tell that something was off. Okay. And maybe you wouldn't pinpoint what exactly it was that was off. But I feel like, and I mean, this was a video, but I'm thinking maybe like specifically on stage. If you don't work well together or you don't at least have an amicable relationship, you're not going to perform well together. I can tell you right now, like something that I think is very important is interacting with each other while you're on stage. Oh, I couldn't I agree more. Sig- significantly more fun to watch your group. Nobody wants to see everyone in your group with blinders on, just staring straightforward. Oh, so and, dull. Yeah. And right, you can interact with the audience, like make eye contact with individuals, but I think there's still something missing if there's no interaction between the members. And if I don't like you, I don't want to look at you while I'm on stage. <laughs> That's like, fair to I, say. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I, I don't care to interact with you. But I feel like there's a vicious cycle there. I don't like you. And I'm not saying me specifically, just any like anyone in general, like anyone who's a performer. I don't like you, so I'm not going to look at you while I'm on stage. Well, you didn't look at me on stage, so I don't like you. And it just kind of spirals from there. I think it's important for you to get to know each other outside of rehearsals. I think it's important for you to go out and do something together, do something fun. That's going to help build a foundation for your relationship. And the better relationship you have off stage, the better performance you're going to put on on stage. Let, let me ask you this. What's one thing that every relationship, be it romantic, non-romantic, what's one thing that all relationships need? Oh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is humor. Okay. Hmm. Okay. A sense like, of humor. I, yeah. I feel like well not even a sense of humor i think you need to have i think that humor like breeds connection okay because i feel like when you laugh or when you smile or like you're having a good time you're laughing whether it's at something that happened at something someone did it helps you build that camaraderie yeah yeah i think something that's it's just really i think it's important to do things together outside of acapella right and i'm not saying you have to spend all your time with each other outside of acapella but whatever time you do spend is going to magnify itself in a performance yeah and i think all of this that you're saying you know the the spending time together the humor to answer that the question that i posed to you the the basic thing that kind of came to mind for me was chemistry every group needs chemistry at the end of the day and i think when you have the chemistry you're able to like like you mentioned you're able to have that humor with each other you you want to spend time together and you know get to know that's camaraderie exactly and you can tell and especially going back to what you were talking about that group that you could just send something's off you can tell whether it be videos live performances anything mm-hmm. whether a group has chemistry or not because you can't hide that yeah you cannot fake chemistry i'm like you can put on a, a, a nice smile you can you know turn it on when you get on the stage but there's something magnetic about groups that actually well, have chemistry you can't fake it and you can't fake the absence of it either like it's either there or it's not people are going to notice whatever comes out and whatever people see that's going to be authentic and that's ultimately going to determine whether or not someone comes back to hear you again or to watch your videos again or ultimately becomes a fan of your group mm. and when that happens when that chemistry is there and when that group is working well together it's going to invite more people to find out who you are exactly it's and going to it's going to encourage people to share you with their friends with their families right and that's sharing that's such a good point in terms of like sharing content or sharing information about the group it made me think of something like 
go to YouTube and like when you search for acapella groups and, and acapella performances, all vocal performances, you're going to find uh, from, I guess, from an acapella perspective, a person that's really entrenched in the art, there are going to be a few videos that they just absolutely love. They think that they're technically flawless. They sound magnificent. And those videos are typically going to have a large amount of views. But you know what videos are probably going to have even views? Those those videos that are really engaging, really entertaining, that might not be as technically sound as those other videos because people just connect with those videos a little bit better totally, at the end of the day. Totally. And it's and, and it's all because those groups have figured out a way how do we work together? How do we put ourselves, you know, full force into what we're doing and show the world that we're loving what we're doing, whether it be some kind of parody video or whether it be some really, uh, you know, ballady type video, things like that. So And there's a passion there and passion, yes, passion. is fun to watch. Yes. It is so fun to watch. And as a member of an acapella group, it's fun to experience too. It's pretty unreal. Like there's nothing like it. Yeah. I've always held this belief that I'd much rather be in a group full of extremely passionate people who love what they're doing versus like the world's best singers at the end of the day. Oh, totally. Because I know that I can, of course, get, you know, great music from world-class singers, but I know that I'm going to enjoy the experience a lot more with well, those and, people. And that's not to say that world-class singers aren't passionate. No, no. And yeah, and I apologize they're, if they kind of came mutually, off like that. No, no, no. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm just, I just wanted to clarify that they're not mutually exclusive. Oh, of course. You can, you can be a good singer and be passionate about it. You can be a good singer and not be passionate about it. Or the other way around. You could be passionate about it and you could not sing so great like my husband. Love him. Right. Yeah. I know plenty of people is, yeah, like that. Yeah. It is very endearing to me now uh -huh. when he does sing, even if it's not great. I love it. <laughs> but it was a challenge at the beginning. Is that what you're saying? It was a challenge at the beginning because there was no sense of what was up or down. But now <laughs> he's improved like leaps and bounds. Oh, good. Yeah. From eight years ago. Yeah. But I still wouldn't say that he's someone I want to see get up on stage and perform a song. Okay, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. But yeah, so back to groups and relationships and just figuring out how do you forge those bonds? I think you brought up a good point on, it's something we've discussed before, you gotta make time for each other outside of the music. And it's it's great that you kind of make rehearsals lighthearted at times and you do what you can to really just create that warm space. There's something that needs to be set for groups just really separating themselves from the music so that that they can really focus on those intangible elements that you can only get when you're just not focused on music, if that kind of makes sense. Right. Because like I said, some of your fondest memories and a lot of my fondest memories are the things that happened in between the music, in between those times of music. Um, and that helped significantly to the growth of us as artists. But like I said, we could only do that when we got out of our heads on, you know, how do we fix every note? How do we nail every piece of choreography? And and a lot of that only came when we said, guys, we got to really stop the rehearsals. We got to make let's here. I'll give you an example. There was one rehearsal when we just we decided, hey, we're not going to sing this rehearsal. We're just going to go out and get dinner together. And that's what we did for one yep. rehearsal. And it was so vital because we were just so focused on the music that it was in a way it was weird because it was kind of creating this imbalance because we weren't connecting in the way we weren't really evolving, at least not from a like we were evolving, I guess, a little bit in terms of getting better in terms of our skills yeah skills yeah and technical yeah. stuff but we weren't we didn't have that cohesion and it right. only came when we separated ourselves from music right right 
if my group had not been there for me when I was going through that difficult time with the, the sort of breakup that affected me more than I expected it to, I don't know that I would have been in it as invested in the group. And and there were other there were other members in the group. Like we had a gal who I, I mean, BYU is associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we had a gal who her boyfriend was going on a church mission and it hit her hard. And like she was crying at rehearsal and we were there for her. I think that when you do activities together, when you spend time with each other and you you focus on building your relationship, not just within the group, it helps you want to be there for each other. And when you know that you have each other's backs, you're going to want to invest yourselves in the performance. You, you're going to want to be there for each other. You're going to want to do everything that you can to make sure that your group excels. I agree. And you're bringing up something that we actually discussed in a, a few episodes ago with our guest, Tyler Wild. He's a guy, one of my closest mm-hmm. friends. And like he used the word family so much because, yeah, we're like brothers pretty much in the group that we sing in. And it's we develop that connection. Like it's interesting because our relationship with each other it just naturally carried over into the music because we were friends first and i get that that's not the case for a lot of groups what we did is we found a way to bring our connection with each other into what we're doing which translated into you know our informal way of creating music as we discussed so much through that episode and i think that there a lot can be said for what you're talking about you know having that friend that was going through a really tough time just to first be there as family and be there as friends and be there as security because at the end of the day i think that's what you want in a singer that you sing with you want security not only in the sense that they'll have your back you know of course you're going to want it that hey they're going to be able to nail their parts when it comes time on stage and whether it be on stage or in the studio but outside of that you're also going to want somebody that you feel close enough with to just you know, connect with on a deeper level. Like I said, that in turn will create some of the best music I can guarantee you that you'll ever produce. So totally. Yeah. So I think that that's a lot of groups, you know, do what you can to build those bonds, build those relationships and not be a space where it's just, hey, as much as this is for a lot of groups a business, there's also a human side of it that really has to also be addressed because people are committing an immense amount of their time to what they're doing for right right well and i'm gonna geek out a little bit i work in human resources okay Okay. that's my full-time job and when people quit jobs they don't actually quit the job they quit their boss or they quit their coworkers. And that that's a lot that happens. Maybe not 100% of the time, but a lot of the time. Yeah. And having a bad job, but good people will make someone... I feel like a bad job and good people is a preferable situation to a good job with bad people. Yes. And, and it, it's going to be the same thing in acapella. Being with people who you get along with, who you have camaraderie with, is going to be much better, even if the group is not super great, then it's going to be if if you have a group where you have all these toxic relationships, but they're really good at singing music together. And that's also not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You could have a group where you have the best of friends who are singing together and they make amazing music and they're so talented. Oh. You could also have a group where there's some toxic relationships and they don't make great music. Like you could have any combination of that. But I think that the give and take, I think it's more important to have those relationships established. The music will follow. Right, right. And, and I love that thought that you just brought up. People stay for people, whether, you know, whether it's a job or group, no matter what it is, you're absolutely 100% right that people will absolutely sacrifice 
their enjoyment of the work they're doing or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. for the sake of being around people that make them feel like right. they're having a wonderful or great time at whatever it is that they're doing. I worked at a company where I hated my job, mm-hmm. but I loved the people I worked yeah. with. And I was there for five and a half years. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, I moved to a job that I significantly enjoyed much more at that company. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately how I got into human resources. But I loved the people. Yeah, th- there it is. I think that that wraps it up right there. You said it perfectly right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know what else hey, is outside of that. You're absolutely right, right there. I'll be here all night, at least for the next 10 minutes or so. <laughs> you, you heard heard it right here, listeners. Call in if you would like some more advice. But yeah. There. Oh my gosh, no, I, that doesn't come for free. <laughs> you're right, you're right. We got, we got bills to pay here. We got bills to pay and we got breaks to take. And with that, it's time to take our final commercial break. But don't go anywhere because we are going to have lots of fun and I'm going to embarrass Brian in our final segment right here on Tacapella. I, I don't like the way you just set that up like that you know oh and this is gonna be so fun i I don't know i don't know about this on second thought we can scrap the rapid fire for this one (laughs) no scrapping every week for an hour we hand over the keys to the station to wait is that right the listeners it's true you our listeners can choose what we play for our requests and dedications hour you can catch it every thursday at 9 p.m in the east 6 p.m pacific and then again on sundays at 5 a.m and 5 p.m east 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air. Thanks for sticking with us. We are back on Tacapella. In our final segment of the show, Brian and I have just been having this riveting conversation about relationships in acapella. I think that there are some challenges with that, whether it's a romantic relationship or purely platonic. So if you are just now joining us, please go back and listen to the episode. There may be some nuggets of wisdom in there for you. Per tradition, Brian and I have some questions we're going to ask each other. Usually we do 10 rapid fire questions with our guest today, Brian will have five rapid fire questions from me. And in turn, I will answer five rapid fire questions from him. So Brian, are you ready? I'm scared. I'm I'm just going to be honest. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) As you should be. As you should be. (laughs) Um, Alicia, are are you ready? I've been ready since we started the episode. (laughs) Oh, okay. Perfect. All right. I'll start. And we'll start with a a tame question. Question number one for you, Brian. What are some fun and interesting alternatives to war that countries could settle their differences with? Alternative to war? Hmm. You know what? I don't know why. I'm like... But the first thing that came to mind, actually two things that came to mind, and they're still pretty aggressive, but I don't consider them more. One would be an all out nerf battle. Just everyone get. Oh, yeah, nerf guns. that would be fun. You can get any t- instead of the heavy machine guns and things like that. Go. Go get the nerve gun. And then the second one, a pillow fight. Just have a good old fashioned pillow fight. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, I thought like a sing off or a bake off or a dance off. But, but those okay. are pretty good. I like bake off. I do like bake off. I mean, if you have good baked goods, I think you should win. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. All right. Alicia. And are we going to alternate here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's alternate here. All right. First question for you What's the last meal that you. Oh my gosh. Oh, that must have been a good question here. <laughs> I mean, the last thing I cooked, I was baking cookies, but. <laughs> Um, that's not really a meal. I'm pretty sure the last thing I cooked, judge me all you want for this. Okay. Was a kicking bowl of ramen noodles. Oh my goodness. Hey, wow. I'm I'm half Korean. Ramen is like a delicacy. And hey, there are like ramen shops popping up everywhere. And I have that's a true. serious problem 
paying for ramen because I make it better at home. So I make a mean bowl of ramen, okay? Okay, so my follow-up to that is, do you like add extra stuff to your ramen or you just cook the packet of Oh, noodles? totally, totally. Okay. No, ew, ew, what? no, hey, no, no. Hey, some people just like the I cream, add. So. I always, always add eggs, okay. always add eggs. And I don't do top ramen, gross. What? Do not do top ramen. I do okay. the other cheap one because it's better. Okay. It tastes better. It's not, ramen just feels like it's cardboard or top ramen is like cardboard to me. So I get the, I don't even know how to say it. I think it's maruchan. That's the one I, I get. Okay. And I always get chicken flavor or beef or some one of those. Sometimes I'll do oriental, but not very often. But I always put eggs in it. I always put a bunch of spices in addition to like the crappy sauce packet. And I get, it's called rice cake. Oh, you I've can never buy heard it of that. At an okay. Asian market. It's basically like they pureed a bunch of cooked rice together and they rolled it out into like just a roll and they sliced it down into little patties. Oh. And so I always put those in and I love them. Okay. Like it's, it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure. <laughs> so this is for our listeners out there. There's no judgment whatsoever if you're not a fancy as Alicia with your ramen. So I'm just going to throw that out there. From you. (laughs) Yes, for me. me. Alicia's a different story. Okay, Brian, question number two. And none of my questions have anything to do with music. If you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Oh my goodness. There's a long backstory to this, but uh, they would probably guess that I dressed up as a ninja. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know this story. So okay. I, I can't go into... I would I would have expected nothing less. Uh, hey, I'm just being honest. There's nothing else that would cross their mind other than that. I'm sure. Right. All right, Alicia, next question for you. What's the farthest place that you've traveled to from home? Ghana. Oh, okay. In West Africa. Wow. I would, I would say it's a toss up between Ghana and South Korea. I went from Texas to South... No, Ghana's definitely farther. I went from Utah to Ghana in West Africa. I went from the Salt Lake City Airport to JFK in New York. And then from there, we flew to Ghana. And it was while I was on a study abroad in grad school. And I love that country. I love the people. It is amazing. If you ever asked me where I would travel to internationally, that would be the first Wow. Hands down. Wow, that's impressive. I have nothing but love for that country. Man, I need to get out there one day. One day. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. My turn. Question number three. What would be the creepiest thing you could say while passing a stranger on the street? Oh my goodness. What? Okay, this is quite the question here. They're getting worse. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I ordered these very specifically. Oh man. Oh, okay. I I have- Actually, question three and four are a toss up. Like I said, I'm scared. I'm scared here. But I have, yeah, I have one of my good friends. He, we always joke about like, you know, stuff like this, you know, things you could say to people that'll make them, you know, turn their head or whatever. I'm not going to say it in a creepy voice, but a phrase, something to the like. Oh my gosh, you should. I'm not going to, but something along the lines of, you have to imagine yourself hearing this voice in your head. (laughs) I like your eyelashes. That's a good one. Here's also a good one. And I'm going to, I'm going to whisper it, but I'm not going to look at you while I say it. Uh Uh-oh. Now I don't know if I can do it. You smell different when you're sleeping. Oh my gosh. Okay. The show has gone (laughs) to a place I wasn't expecting, listeners. I'm creeped out here. So I'm so weird. Yes, you are. Don't do that. Because, okay, but let me clarify. We're saying that these things are creepy. Do not do them. (laughs) Okay, there it is right there. Yeah, you heard it right there. Please don't ever say these things. All right, Alicia, next question for you. What, and I feel like my questions are so much tamer than yours. Yours are just like- Oh, your questions are so tame. I'm not nervous. Okay, next question for you then. What kind of plant or tree would you be? A dead one. What? Are are we still on the creepy question here? What was that? No, we're not, we're not. I would probably be a cactus or a succulent because it's, they're really hard to kill. 
and oh, I have okay. a black thumb. Like I kill everything. I try to take. I have a coworker who gave me an air plant. I didn't even know an air plant was a thing. An <laughs> air plant is supposed to be something that needs very little water and just lots of sunlight. And I overwatered it and killed it. Only you. So that's why I'm like a dead one or something that requires very little care. Okay, it makes sense now. Now, now that I know because this. I just kill everything, not intentionally. Mm-hmm. I just have a black thumb. I'm really great with people and animals, but, but not plants, plants is not my thing. All right, not my thing. Wow. All right, Brian. Question number four: If you were transported 400 years into the past with no clothing or anything else, how would you prove that you were from the future? What? How would I prove I'm from the future? Man, I guess it would completely depend on like location-wise where I'm transported to. But if it was still here in America, I feel like, oh my gosh. I don't know. I'd have to like do one of those things. I tell them something that's going to happen not too far in the future, which would probably... But you'd have to wait. I know. That's the only thing. I'd have to wait. Yeah, I'm trying to... Tr- I don't know what else I could do, you know, with no clothing, nothing visually. Or maybe if you told them what was going to happen in the future, they would fix it. And it wouldn't happen. Or they could do that too. Hmm. That's a good point. I'm thinking of back to the future. You don't mess with the past. Yeah, I'm trying not to mess with it, but I, I don't know. If I got to prove it's the only thing I can think of, I have to tell them. And luckily, I, I like history enough. I feel like I would know at least something to be able to tell okay. them. Okay. So yeah, that's what I go with. Next question for you. What would be the title of your debut album? Oh my gosh. Awkward. <laughs> Because that's what I am. (laughs) Why does that sound so like that's the first thing that's the first thing that comes to mind. My husband has told me many times that I have a gift. It's really a curse. (laughs) I can take any situation and make it insanely awkward. Wow. I I You're welcome, world. Yeah. I believe it completely. (laughs) All right, Brian. Question number five. All right. Would you rather randomly time travel plus or minus 20 years every time you fart or teleport to a different place on earth on land not water every time you sneeze oh my gosh oh my gosh okay so strictly for the fact that you mentioned i possibly teleport like over water which i could randomly wind up in the middle of an ocean somewhere i'd probably no no you can't i said on land not water oh not on water oh okay i missed that okay well that changes everything i think so randomly travel plus or minus 20 years every time you fart or teleport to a different place on earth that's on land not water every time you sneeze i'd have to go with the sneeze one because i feel like that'd be less free it definitely (laughs) there you have it there you have it you heard it here i told you i told you i would be embarrassing brian and i delivered (laughs) oh i don't like you right now I do not like it. Yes, you do. We are great friends and we will still be great friends even after this episode. I can't believe you just did that. All right. Final (laughs) question for you. Man, next time I'm coming with some serious questions for you. These weren't serious. They were hilarious. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Would you rather have the ears of a fox or the tail of a monkey? Ears of a fox. Easily. Okay. Because I would be able to hear my sense of hearing. Would I would just be so like out there. Yeah. And I would I would just hear everything. And I don't want a tail. What? Do you know how many <laughs> things you could do with a tail? Like it's like an extra. But that you would have a tail. And <laughs> as someone who broke her tailbone. Oh, like, good point. 11 years ago, uh, 10 years ago. Eh, not wild about Ooh, that. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, okay. Too soon. Way yeah. too soon. All right. Yeah. Way too, way too, <laughs> 10 years ago, too soon. <laughs> well, that was quite the round of rapid fire questions. I'm not going to say I enjoyed that because that last one You're- was interesting. 
But thank you nonetheless. That was fun. So we always wrap up Talk Apollo with our round of advice. We always like to, typically we like to ask our guests for advice, but today we're going to ask but each we other. we are our guests. Yeah, exactly. Since we're the guests, we get to offer our listeners some advice. So Alicia, what advice would you give to our listeners? Well, I, I've actually been thinking about this for a large portion of the episode and, and it really ties back to some of the stuff we were saying earlier. I would say the advice I would give is whether it's in your acapella group, in any, any musical group, any recreational group that you're a part of, go do something together that is outside of what you're already doing. So like if it's an acapella, like when I was on Noteworthy, we went bowling together and it was amazing. Go do, go do something together to help cultivate your relationship. What about you, Brian? So, so mine's kind of touches on a similar vein, but it's a little bit different. I would say, and it sticks with what we, we've been talking about relationships today. It sticks with that whole concept. And I'm going to say, don't be afraid to explore. And by explore, you know what, whether that's the music that you're creating or the people that you're working with, don't be afraid to just try something. You know, like I said, we've been talking a lot about relationships and whether that be platonic or be romantic, you know, it's life, you know, you, you need to try different things and figure out what works for you, and what doesn't. That's the only way you're going to find success at the end of the day. And so we offered our own personal opinions about romantic relationships. And hey, if there's somebody in the group that you you're connected to and they're connected to you, why not go for it? And if there's somebody in your group that you just, you know, you're in the tenor section and you don't know the soprano section that well don't be afraid to go and make friends with those people or that particular person that you don't have a strong connection with because we've been talking every single episode we come on and we talk about acapella and we talk about and we speak with the people who have committed their lives to this art form and with that comes a lot of sacrificing of their time so if you're going to be sacrificing get to know the people that are also doing the same and so that'd be my make it worth it exactly go for it so that's going to be my advice. So Alicia, <laughs> uh, for the listeners wanting to uh, get in touch with you, learn more about your work. You can find me on Instagram, e.squared1989. How about you, Brian? As always, you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And be sure to go give Talkapella a follow on Twitter at Talkapella 2 ps 2 ls And check out our website at talkapella.org. And I'm going to say that we've had some wonderful guests over the last few weeks. We've had some wonderful episodes, a lot of diverse guests. So be sure to go give those episodes another listen. Or if you're discovering us for the first time, go listen to them for the very first time and learn something new. And outside of that, be sure to check out Acaville Radio. If you're listening to us, you're probably listening through their website or through one of their platforms. And we can't thank them enough. And with that, that's going to wrap up today's episode. I got to give a big shout out and thanks to my co host for today's episode thanks for your wonderful <laughs> thoughts i can't i can't forget about you i always thank our guests so thank you for you're, sharing your you're, thoughts you're you're just grateful for those rapid fire questions let's oh, be real I, I, i'm trying to forget <laughs> them as quickly as i possibly can as rapidly as i possibly can but the, m- like immortalized on the interwebs oh, that's you're what i'm worried welcome. about i'm worried about that but i had a great time and thank you so much for, for the experience here oh yeah always a pleasure so that's going to wrap it up for us today listeners for everything else Stay tuned.